Welcome everyone. We are Sunday night or Sunday afternoon here in Southern California and whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. Hey, listen, I have a real treat for you this evening. You're going to be absolutely blessed. And I have a special guest with me, uh, uh, Pastor Mark Henry, coming all the way from Minnesota. And, and listen, before I introduce Mark to everybody, uh, this, is, this is something that we're going to be able to do here now. Uh, when I'm not uh, giving a message specifically, I'm going to be able to have different guests from various parts of the globe, which to me is really exciting. Todd Hampson, uh, Jeff Kinley, just to mention a couple, and a couple of others that you have heard of and people have said, can you ever get them on your program with you? I'm actually able to do that now. And uh, Mark, welcome to... Uh, your first ever Sunday uh, Sunday night live with me. It's, of course, it is night where you are in Minnesota. It's still afternoon here in California. Well, hey, Tom, it's uh, good to be with you. And uh, Hi 412 Church, we just love all of you. It's been a while since we've been out there, but uh, pray for you guys every single week. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much, Mark. And uh, by the way, this is way beyond just 412 Church anymore. Uh, the Hope for Our Time Sunday nights, it goes all over the world, which is really cool. And we feel like we have a great big church family all over the world now, which is great. But also something else that your our viewers, most of them probably don't know, you also happen to be on the board of Jan Markell and uh, her ministry. Yeah, I've been uh, helping Jan for the last couple of years. We moved out here from Southern California about five years ago, and Jan and I started talking about the Bible and eschatology and Israel and things like that, and so uh, it's been a joy to be a blessing to her and try and encourage her and uh, the ministry there. Yeah, that's just fantastic, and Jan's been a real blessing to me over the years, and to being able to partner with someone like Jan and, and knowing you're there too, that's really great. Uh, now also, something else, some of our viewers may recognize your face from a prophecy conference we had almost two years ago in Southern California. It was in the Palm Springs area, and uh, we had a couple of thousand people there, and you co-hosted with me. So if some of you are out there and you're wondering, uh, if uh, I've seen this guy before uh, with Tom, well, that would probably be it if you were there at that conference. And uh, we're hoping that we can have another conference that, that is, we're hoping to, uh, but we prefer to be raptured, which we're going to get into because, man, Mark, I taught a message on the rapture uh, last week at my church. It was Sunday morning. And uh, boy, there's so many different views on the rapture, uh, but, but I want to get to, you know, some things that are really encouraging that we need to know, because I've discovered something, Mark. I've discovered that I have this ability to bring really bad news. And if I'm not careful, I can really discourage a lot of people. So um, this is going to be a blessing. And by the way, you are blessed by God to be able to get out of California when you did. I know it's cold. It's freezing back there. But um but, man, it's like that old movie is Escape from New York. I think there's, it should be Escape from New York and California, the way things are going right now. But, man, we have interesting things going on. And uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let, let's get this going. I'm just going to bring up several different things we get to talk about. I talk about the Bible. And what I want to do, Mark, uh, as, as you know, you've seen our uh, program before. Um, you've actually been in the audience before when we've done some of these, um, is... Uh, we want to give the facts to the people, and we're going to talk about the signs of the times, what the Bible has to say, and 
and listen, everybody watching, you're going to be greatly educated, but you're also going to be really engaged. You're going to love what Pastor Mark has to say, and uh, you're going to be hopeful too, which is which we desperately need is some hope. So here's this, just one article, and we're not going to stop here. We're going to come back to it. This is from Zero Hedge. We are on the brink of a terrible civil war. Uh, so you hear that, you go, oh, people go, oh, no. Then here's another one. And this, these all relate to Israel. Nukes, terror, Syria, Iraq, Hezbollah, Iran's tentacles are spreading. Another article, Biden has emboldened Iran. Another one, Jerusalem fears Biden will revive the International Criminal Court prosecution against Israel in The Hague. Uh, Biden appoints anti-Israel Muslim to top intelligence position. And then there's this one. Uh, Biden picks transgender physician Rachel Levine as assistant health secretary. And we've heard about that, and, uh, but it hasn't gotten much attention even in, in the prophecy world. But I think uh, that's very concerning because for me, Mark, I think of Romans chapter 1 being given over to a debased mind. Uh, I, I also look at this. We have borders that are being completely dismantled. Um, we have uh, where terrorist countries are able to fly in their planes now. Iran, uh, Yemen, other nations that were on the no-fly zone. It was a left spin, a Muslim ban. It was never a Muslim ban. It was a ban against terrorism. Now these terrorist countries are able to fly here. We have borders open. And there was an order uh, this past week to uh, against ICE or for ICE to release all illegal prisoners from prison. And this is just insane. I look at that and I think, what is that going to do to the United States of America? Then we have this, this document, and you're, you're very familiar with this document, Democrat document surfaces demanding Biden clamp down on conservative Christians and remove them from public office and re-educate. Uh, so you look at these things, and I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. Are these things really happening? Um, and then there is this. Biden said, this was in October of 2020, you can't legislate by executive orders unless you are a dictator. Mark, this goes, goes on and on and on, the different things that we could talk about. There's censorship. This past week, Epoch Times was censored. Uh, I don't know if you, if you saw that, but that's happening. Um, there's all kinds of issues like this. Mark, just with that, is, I mean, look at this. Is there any hope? Yeah, I think, you know, all this is doing for me, Tom, as, as I just look at it all, a couple things. Number one, when I first trusted Christ back in the 80s in, in the Valley, where you're pastoring right now, I trusted Christ there, started reading through the Bible. One of the things I noticed about prophecy, America's not in prophecy. And I remember in the 80s saying, uh, America has to somehow be neutralized. We've got to somehow just just kind of like be out of the major spotlight in history in our world in order for the Antichrist and all these things to happen. I was told I was, you know, not patriotic enough, and that's not true. I love America. I love the freedoms that you have, that you've enjoyed, that your children have had, the blessings that you've had. Friends, you've got more blessings than any. I've traveled the world. I've preached around the world. America is the best place, has been the best place, not perfect. But friends, when you compare it to any place else, I'm just telling you, you've been really blessed. But that's that's got to stop. And, and we don't know exactly how that was going to happen, you know, in the 80s, 90s. I thought, well, the Russians, there's going to be some sort of war. We're just seeing this internal collapse. And and uh, I don't know about you, as I've, as I've watched over the last couple of months, it's like the thing the Spirit of God keeps saying to me is, Mark, do not love this world nor the things of the world, for the world is passing 
away. Friends, you and I can't be loving this world. And I think that's one of the things that God's rooting out of me as I look down through all of these documents. Yeah, I think that's great. We can't, you know, we're, we're told to love Christ first, and I believe God is getting our attention. Uh, Mark, I've been really discouraging people lately because I've said the same thing. And, and since I first started teaching Bible prophecy, it was probably about 25 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that. It was actually a little bit more than that. Um, I've been saying, look, America is not going to be the superpower in the last days. And people have been livid with me over the years. But in the last three weeks, it's been like, how dare I say that's coming from people who have followed me and been into Bible prophecy. And now I think the reality of it is starting to set in. It's not just this, yeah, that'll happen sometime in the future. We'll all be gone. We are watching what is happening to the United States of America. And that is what is alarming. But what do I say to someone who, who, who is, and this, hap- this is happening to me every day, all week long now, all week. Not just once a day. It is happening off the charts. Uh, Just today alone, probably at least five times already, this has happened. Something very similar to this. You are the most depressing. You give the most depressing messages I've ever heard. Uh, Where do you get off on America not being around? Uh, We're going to have civil war or or whatever. And I don't say we're going to have civil war. I just say these are what people are saying. But what do you say to somebody who is, they're just really beaten down and discouraged. They can see what Biden administration is doing. And we tell what the Bible says. These things are going the same direction. The Bible says it's going to go this way. Well, one of the things, you know, when when people uh, often comment to you and I, Tom, or, you know, they send us emails and stuff, a lot of times, quite honestly, they haven't read much of the Bible. And there's strong convictions. And I just want to say to you, before you send Pastor Tom or someone an email, you might want to read through the Bible because America isn't there. So, what we are experiencing, the, the, the struggle that I'm facing, I think that, that you're feeling, Tom. Last night I was texting a, a pastor friend of mine. We were talking about these very same things. Is We are like Jeremiah the prophet. Now, Jeremiah the prophet was raised up by God at the end of the southern kingdom, Judah's last days. And he called them in, in Jeremiah chapter 3, this is your last chance to repent. And they did not repent. So he tells them, I'm going to bring in a nation. The nation is uh, Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, he says this in 26, uh, Jeremiah 26. Nebuchadnezzar is my servant, and he's going to judge you. Now, listen, this is really important. God judges nations with other nations. You look back through history, and America's being attacked because, you know, uh, America was used in the judgment of nations. Well, guess what? Other nations are used in the judgment of America. Anyways, the point is that Nebuchadnezzar was the instrument and tool of God to judge the wickedness of that nation. Just as Israel had been the tool and instrument of God to judge the Canaanite nations previous. So, so that's in 26. And then um, all of Israel is, is angry with them. How can you, how can you not be patriotic? In fact, they end up throwing him in a, in a hole in the ground and, and he suffers horribly. And then when Israel um, is destroyed, Jerusalem is destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. We have the book of Lamentations. If you haven't read Lamentations lately, I've read Lamentations a lot the last three months because it allows me to grieve as the prophet did, as we see, uh, as he saw Jerusalem smoldering. He says in chapter one, I see the city smoldering, a, a city once filled of life and blessing and prosperity, and now it's gone. And, and friends, we're watching this, this destruction. So Tom, I think some of what you and I are feeling, uh, my staff is even saying that to me, you've lost some of your joy. And I'm going, well, I'm grieving for America because I know what's going to come. And I say this to my friends all the time. I've traveled the world. I've been in all sorts of countries. 
I can tell you what's coming, and it's not pretty. It's not going to be pretty for us. We're going to suffer for Jesus. Christian friends, you're going to suffer. I'm going to suffer for Jesus. Our children are going to suffer. The opportunities that we've had as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a nation, as individuals, as people in a nation, Americans, you are not going to have those same opportunities. Those things are passing away right before our eyes. But you know what? Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to his promise. Hold on to his presence. He's going to carry us through. Amen. He's going to carry us through. And you just discouraged even more people. You oh, just no. Said, you just said, and you are going to suffer. But here's what, here's what we know, all right? Is, hold, hold, hold it, yeah. Tom, that's, that's so important. Yeah. Remember what it says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. All those mm-hmm. who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You know, saints in the past considered it an honor to suffer for Jesus. Do you remember when the apostles suffered in Acts chapter 5? They'd been beaten uh, for Jesus. They leave there rejoicing, and they have a prayer meeting, and they say, God, this is what they don't ask in chapter 5 that God would take away the persecution. You know what they did? They said, God, make us bold, yeah. and they celebrate and they rejoice. Friends, you and I are going to have the chance to obtain a better resurrection and a blessing at the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ because we suffer for Jesus, for his glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Well, I want to get to the Bema Seat in a few minutes, because a lot of Christians have, are really kind of clueless on the Bema Seat judgment and the rewards that, that believers are going to have. So I'm going to get to the rapture, because we need to bring in some hope, but also really not focus so much on the rapture, but the Bema Seat, but also this, okay, um, I, I agree. I was going to throw uh, Timothy out there. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Jesus himself said, they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And the mix-up that people have, Christians have, is, well, we're not, they, they think, okay, the rapture's going to come, therefore I'm not going to suffer, I'm not going to be persecuted, I'm not going to have tribulation. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible teaches you won't go through the, tri- you won't experience the wrath of God, the tribulation. First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, we are not appointed to that wrath. Um, but that's different than persecution and suffering. And, and so this is really hard for people to wrap their minds around. But Mark, tell me if you've experienced this talking to different believers. Um, what I'm noticing, the people who are plugged in, they're watching these uh, messages. They're plugged in. They're in the Word. They're attending the church in their area if it's open, um, or they're gathering together with friends. There seems to be a, a more, they seem to be more on fire now than a year ago. Uh, the, the people who are plugged in. Are you experiencing that? Yeah, out here in Minnesota, we're seeing, I, I, I call it two things. It's the reshuffling of the deck um, in the sense of, you know, he had all these different churches. Some of them were really gospel-centered, Bible-centered, Jesus-focused, and others weren't so much. But there's this reshuffling that's happening among churches. And, and if you read uh, uh, like Rules for Radicals or, or uh, the Communist Manifesto, one of the things is you got to polarize groups. And in the, in the midst of all of these stories, America is being polarized. Um, you you got to demonize the enemy. In fact, uh, Rules for Radical on page 127 through 134, there's this whole description about how you got to demonize the other side and you got to create division in order to split a people, in order for a, a country to become a communist country, a socialist country, a, a godless atheistic country. And so uh, we're seeing this happen. And And quite honestly, it's purging the church of folks that are lukewarm. People have been on the fence. Years ago, I met some Christians who had suffered greatly in Romania for their faith. And I asked about the church. What is the church like there? Do you see this mediocrity? Do you see this spiritual indifference? Do you see this? And they said, no, that that doesn't exist in Romania. Because in order to be a Christian in Romania, it's going to cost you everything. 
And, and so when I suggest to you the actual good thing about this last year is there is, there is the removal of the chaff, uh, the removal of, of those who are not truly committed, sold out to Jesus. Friends, we're going to suffer for Jesus but we're going to suffer together as the body of Christ. Oh, amen. We are going to. And I do believe we're going to be closer and closer to Christ. And our reward is going to even be, it's going to be improved in the process. But I'm experiencing the same thing here in California. Um, I, and uh, you, there's, there's a lot of pressure out here not to meet it, not to even have an open church. Um, most of the, the negative uh feedback I get or negative response I get from uh, our churches from uh, people who call themselves Christians. Uh, but the, and they're, they're, they seem to be most angry that we have an open church. Now, I was watching a um, documentary of Dietrich, uh, about Dietrich Bonhoeffer the other day. You're well acquainted, more acquainted with Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his life than I was uh, during the days of Nazi Germany. And early on in the, the resistance that he became a part of, one of the foundational people of. He had teamed up with uh, his, I think it was his brother or brother-in-law had talked him into it. He didn't really want to be a part of it. And then he talked him into it. So it was, it was really him and his family, his brothers and, and uh, brother-in-laws and, and uh, his family members, uh, the resistance. And then they went to get pastors on board to resist what was happening in Nazi Germany. And the number sounded impressive at first. He said they got, uh, the documentary said they got 7,000 pastors that were on board to continue to meet and to be against the things that, that the Nazis were doing. 7,000. I said, that's spectacular. And then they said, however, 40,000 pastors, 40,000 were uh, decided to just save their jobs, save their churches, and go along with the Nazi regime. And so you look at that, you know, what's that percentage? It's, uh, it's uh, what, 14% or something like that. I don't know the exact number. But you look at that, and I think the numbers actually dropped down as the persecution got more and more difficult in Nazi Germany. But when, when you, you look at these events that are taking place, listen, I... I want to do a message on this. Maybe I can, I can do it with you. Maybe even a little book. I don't think we have a lot of time, but something put together. Whereas you look at the progression of things, just go back to Nazi Germany, but you're going to see the same thing happen throughout history whenever you have the rise of a radical a dictator. Uh, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, you already quoted. How do you do that? So in Nazi Germany, the, they started throwing, you, you could see the propaganda that was out there uh, going against the Jews, but you also see how they started with with the uh, persecuting and murdering the less desirable people, um, the handicapped and the homosexuals. But the rhetoric was against the Jews. Hey, this is a Jewish business, you know, and then you shouldn't shop at this Jewish business. And then you label the Jews with a star. Yeah, but there are so many people that still weren't listening. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. This is just, they're just talking about this, just trying to help everything, trying to help Germany become the great powerful country it once was again, you know, bring the economy back. And people kept believing that. You know, some of the Jews left, but many of them, most of them did not. And then next thing you know, the trap was, was set. So I look, and, and I'm going to bring in Matthew 24, because there's so much of Matthew 24. I know our audience hears this a lot, but you're, you have thoughts th that are in your head that our audience hasn't heard yet, those watching, and I want them to hear, um, because there's also a few other things I desperately want to get to we haven't gotten to yet, and we don't even have a lot of time left already. So Matthew 24, the disciples asked, what is the sign of your coming, the end of the age? 
And, uh, and then uh, Jesus says, and he answers them, take heed that no one deceives you, which obviously there's major deception going on right now. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. So there's going to be many false prophets giving false hope. Follow me, follow my plan, follow my way. This is the way that, that things are going to work out. Um, and I think the false Christ work out in many different ways in our current society. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And, and then, let me read this last verse. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. There's so much in there that we see. The, the lawlessness abounding, and um, nation rising against nation, being people group against people group. Mark, you, you read that, uh, the love of many will grow cold. I mean, I look at society where we are now, and I'm thinking, this is unbelievable, where, where, where we've reached. Yeah, no, and it's, it's grown. Think about how much colder it's grown. Just, this, just yesterday, um, I, I, I had one of our staff members call. One of the ladies in our church received some hate mail um, and basically, cause she's a, she's a follower of Jesus. She loves Jesus. No one knows how she, she votes, but yet one of her friends sends her this hate mail and, and friends, we're going to see that increase. Um, again, going back to Nazi Germany, if you track with what took place and how that unfolded, we're seeing a lot of the same parallels and how it escalated. So in 1933, I just happen to have a picture just sitting here in 1933, you saw a guy standing outside of businesses with signs like that. And they would say What's things say? like that. What did that sign say? That, it was in German, sure wasn't exactly it? What this, uh, this is a stormtrooper. Um, it says Germans. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. And it talks about a Jew owns this business here. But, but in 1933, so we're not even talking, uh, you know, 1938 and the, the crystal night. But five years before that, they've already standing outside and they're saying Germans, citizens, this business is owned by a Jew. Um, the Jews are destroying our economy. They're paying German starvation wages. The shop is owned by, you know, uh, Mr. Schwartz and, and, and signs like that. So yeah. all the signs are not necessarily the same, right? But that started. And then the, in 1938, um, in November, we call it crystal night. There was two days where the police and everybody were told to, told to stand down. And the Hitler youth and the stormtroopers, a lot of them put on civilian clothes and they just decimated all the Jewish shops. 91 Jews were killed, plus we just know of 91. Um, 30,000 were taken. Uh, it, it actually rounded up at that time. That's when they started putting the stars on. But Tom, when you look at, you know, the old saying, history repeats itself. Those sorts of things are happening. The escalation, the tension, the hatred, the galvanic, and you say, does it matter? Well, Jesus said in Mark chapter three, a house divided cannot stand. Mm -hmm. And so if uh, the rules for radicals are being applied and, and they are, and we're seeing this galvanization take place, 
violence is going to increase. Hatred is going to increase. Um, when you read the, uh, the document by um, Secular Democrats of America, I mean, this document here, yeah. um, they, it's very specific um, targeting. We have got to neutralize the Christian influence in this world. How are you going to do that? Increase the hostility. Yeah. They're terrorists. Um, they're, they're hateful. Um, and so there's this weaponizing that's happening all across the country. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you about that document here in just a second, because you said some things uh, uh, very intriguing for our time. I've seen those signs in German. A Jew owns a business here. Uh, all over. It, it was happening all over the place. It was a demonizing that was taking place. You look now. So Mike Lindell, the owner of MyPillow, right? Yep. He's Christian and Trump supporter. So he's been uh, canceled by Costco, canceled by Kohl's, uh, canceled by uh, various companies that refuse to carry his product anymore. Folks, that is the exact same thing that was taking place back then. And you better wake up. If you're not wake up, uh, awake to this yet, you're in trouble because this is happening. So Trump gets his bank account canceled right in uh, uh, Florida this past uh, week or the week before. Um, I have a friend, uh, uh, Pastor Mike McClure, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, because he stood up against the, the tech giants, that, that city, I shouldn't say the tech giants themselves, but he's in the city. He's only 15 minutes from Google and Facebook headquarters, his church is. So he's in the, he's a, that's the epicenter of everything going on. His church, Mark, I think you're, you're well aware of this, is uh, uh, the... Oh, there's over $1.6 million fines against his church now. He has personal fines against him, personal fines against his, his youth pastor. And now the bank, Cass Bank, has canceled him. They told him uh, on Monday of this past week, you have 18 days to find a new lender. Or you're, you've been canceled. In other words, we're going to call your loan. You're going to lose everything you got. This is what's happening. A Christian owns this. Uh, this, is, this person is a conservative. And we're watching this happen. And things have increased even more and more ever since then. We get censored. We, we know we've been censored on YouTube. Uh, that's why, by the way, we're on Rumble now. We're finding a way to post everything just on our website, folks, at HopeForOurTimes.com. Everything's going to be posted there probably within the next four to five weeks on our new website that is coming this week, too. So be looking for that. But it's happening. It's happening the way it was back there. Now I'm going to get to this document that you brought up because, it, listen, folks, you need to be aware of what's going on. This is from... Um, uh, Harbinger Daily, I think, the article I have. You have the actual document. I'm going to have you, you comment on the document. Democrat document surfaces demanding that Biden clamp down on conservative Christians, remove them from public office, and re-educate. Now, in this also, this is turned into a bill that's before Congress, if, if I am correct. You look at this, but it is just, it's unbelievable some of the things they want to, uh, they, they want to do. Um, the, uh, let, let, let me see if I can read a couple of things here. Uh, the paper states, we urge you not to underestimate the institutional strength of what we refer to in this document as the Christian nationalist movement or the religious right. Its extreme and sectarian agenda is on constant display. Its political ideology is anti-democratic and anti-scientific. Uh, it provides constant cover for white supremacy. And then it goes on to label you, if you're a Christian, as a white supremacist, a white nationalist, and so forth. And it will cover you... It no matter what your color skin is, if you believe that this is true, 
That you actually live by it. Not just say, yeah, I believe in the Bible, but all roads lead heaven. No, if you believe John chapter 14, verse 6 is true, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except by me. Guess what? You are a radical Christian nationalist. So you, you mentioned Mark Sololinsky, Rules for Radicals. That's what you got to do. Uh, that's what Hitler did with the Jews. Let's label them. It already started in our country. It has started, folks. It has, Tom. That 28-page document is is uh, brilliantly written. I've read I've read the document several times through. Uh, it's interesting that in Section 2, they actually start out by saying this, Donald Trump has empowered the religious right in ways no other administration has before. And so they acknowledge that, that President Trump had created a precedent that, that Christian liberty, that, that religious liberty is, is – is above all the other laws. That's how it's actually written in the Constitution, my friends, that, that you and I have um, the liberty of conscience before God, to fear God, to walk with God, and that there shouldn't be any outside uh, influences greater than that. That's right in the, in the Bill of Rights, so it's, it's you know, Article 1. But um, as you go down through the document, it just it basically systematically and very precisely says, these are executive orders that Trump put in place to help Christian liberty or to, uh, that has a Christian world, Judeo-Christian worldview that has to be removed. And so it's got a whole list of things that have to be removed. And then it's got a whole lot of uh, list of things that need to be implemented. Then it lists specifically different um, elements of the federal government that have to be weaponized to ensure that this Christian right, i.e. you, if you believe the Bible and Jesus is Lord and you believe the ethics of the Bible, uh, this is talking about you, that the only way this can be suppressed is if we weaponize these different elements of government. So it talks about IRS going after uh, uh, those who have businesses and those who have churches. Uh, they're coming after you. I'm just telling you. Yeah. You seen it with, anyway, so it'll be IRS. It'll be uh, Homeland Security. Uh, in the last part there, they end up talking about how these groups um are dangerous and Homeland Security needs to see them as a threat to national security. Uh, if you have not read um, the 10 planks of uh, Marxism lately, you need to. In fact, I would encourage you to go ahead, pull them up. You can just do a Google search, search for 10 planks. But all of the things that are in those 10 planks are in this 28-page document. We want the school system to control this. We want to control communications. Um, and it just goes right on down the list. It, it's just the parallel... <laughs> Um, new, new terms, uh, but the same agenda. And uh, Christian friends, remember this. You're a child of God. If you think too much about these things, you're going to lose your joy. So when you see them, say, you know what? Praise God. Uh, I have a place in heaven. Uh, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm going to heaven. Jesus is coming for me. And uh, don't lose hope. Yeah. We are citizens of heaven. And, we, and if we forget that, all our hope becomes uh, the hope in this world. Uh, I had a, a viewer who sent me an email the other day. I haven't answered him yet. Maybe we can answer it right now. Um, he's very discouraged. He's in his young 40s. And he says, I hear preachers like you and others, and he named a few. You talk about the joy of heaven and looking forward to being in the presence of the Lord. And he goes, so if it looks like there's nothing that any joy of in this world right now, I might as well just kill myself. And then he didn't say I'm going to kill myself, but he goes, uh, he went on and said, you know, uh, 
how am I supposed to find joy because I don't see any joy in heaven is basically what he said. And I'm thinking this is part of the problem of not understanding the Bible and not understanding, listen, we are citizens of heaven. This world, this world is as close, if you're a believer in Christ, to hell as you will ever be. Heaven is so much more incredible. And unless we grasp that, our hope is in this earth and how miserable it is. Or, and that's the problem, I think, also, again, with America. America is the greatest country, I believe, that has ever existed. And, and um, you know, some of my Israeli friends will argue with me over that right now. But overall, when you look at it, you look at what we have and the freedoms that we have, I'm thinking, but still, this is the... This is nothing compared to heaven. Absolutely nothing. We want to be able to have joy now. God wants us to. But Paul, didn't Paul say to live as Christ, to die as gain? I'm going to live for him now. Uh, but I know that when I'm going to heaven, it's going to be even better. It's that perspective. How do, how do you answer somebody like that? Hey, you know what? If that, if that gentleman is listening right now, I, I just want you to know, I, I love you. I just want to say this as strong, as clear as I can. All of us have been in affected by the prosperity gospel more than we want to acknowledge. Even if because quite honestly, I attention. want to have a nice house. Yeah. I, I want to have, I want to uh, have wealth. I want, <laughs> I want to have peace. I want to have everything good. Okay. But read your Bible. Philippians is four chapters long written to a church that started at the very beginning with persecution. 10 years after Paul had started the church, had to leave the city because of persecution, ended up leaving to help protect them. It's a long story. But he ends up in, in prison. Uh, why? Because of the sake of the gospel. It wasn't because he was an evildoer. It wasn't because he was a threat to the nation. It was because he was preaching Christ. Friends, go to jail for preaching Christ. And then secondly, he writes this letter in prison, and he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit may known to all men. The Lord is near. And so throughout the whole book, here's the guy in jail telling the people who are not in jail to have the joy of the Lord. The key is this, brother. The joy has to be in the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. He is our salvation. He's our rock. He's our hope. He's our future. Um, This world is not our home. We're just passing through. we got to see ourselves as aliens. That's what the Bible teaches. We're aliens and strangers. Why? Because we're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors for Christ. We have a message from the king to this world that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the King of Kings, died on a cross, rose again third day, life is in him. He's coming again in glory, power, and majesty. You better be ready because heaven, you don't go to heaven. There's, there's, there's walls around heaven. There's not easy access to heaven. It's only through the one door, Jesus Christ. Um, And then, and then it talks about uh, us suffering according to the will of God. If you haven't read first Peter lately, if you're asking the question, how can I have joy in all this? Peter writes to Christians who are suffering immensely. They're impaling Christians on sticks, covering them with oil, lighting the roads at night. They're throwing them uh, to lions. How were they supposed to have joy? Well, they were going to suffer according to the will of God. They were not going to be scared by their intimidation. He gives three major movements. You got to get a hold of these things. Listen, friends, go back to the Bible. The answers are there. You and I can have the joy of the Lord in the midst of this. Amen. And I think one of the problems, Mark, is that... Um, people are looking at the news. They're getting a lot of it. Listen, people are locked down. I don't know what the lockdown is like in Minnesota. You guys are locked down because it's still darn cold out there. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people are locked down and they're staying home. They're obeying in California. They have too many people obey the orders. <laughs> but that's my opinion. I'm sure people are getting mad at me about that, but whatever. So, um, but they're, so they're watching CNN and MSNBC and Fox News all day long. 
And they're getting all this bad news, all this bad news, all this bad news. When you listen, you have to get out of that and get into the word. When the, the, I would have perished in my affliction if I did not hope in your word, wrote the psalmist. We have to go to the word because I, I tell you, Mark, you know this, but you do your, you do, you read the Bible for 20 minutes first thing in the morning and you feel great. I mean, you can read about judgments in the Bible. And you feel good because God spoke to you and you knew it wasn't going to end like that. You know what you're, you know what the end is and you go, man, God, you've told us this before. I've seen this movie before because we've seen these things in history. God says it's coming again. Our, our, we're, we're no different in that sense. But, but our hope is in Christ and uh, indeed it is. Okay, now. Hey, Tom, just, yeah. just, just, a, just a thought there. Okay. This is so important. When you read through the Bible, when I trusted Christ, um, you know, I was like, man, I just want to have, a, I want to do something great for God. I think most Christians, when you trust Christ and you have everlasting life, the Holy Spirit's inside, you read the Bible, you go, I want to do something great for God. I want to be like Moses. I want to be like Joshua. I want to be like Ruth. I want to be like Sarah. And, and, but remember this, these people went all through crises yes, and the greater the crisis, yep. the greater the glory of God. Yep. So when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who are living in an oppressive government, and told to worship an idol. And they respectfully say, oh, king, live forever. That's what we would say, like, hey, be successful. But know that we are not going to do that, and we're going to worship, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alone. And they throw them in there. Listen, you can read those stories and say, I want to do something great for God. Then that means you got to go through a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was true for the apostles. It was true for all the Old Testament saints. It was true for the prophets. It's true for you and I. Amen. Greater, the greater the problem the greater the opportunity for the glory of God for those who will hold on to Jesus, his promises, his words, and his goodness. Listen, he's going to carry us through. These are, these are opportunities uh, for yeah. the believer. It's an opportunity. And you will, have, you will be able to experience a peace in the midst of a mess, and you will be able to have joy. And uh, sometimes, Mark, like you, my, I go up and down, you know, <laughs> but I, I got to get back to the Word. I remind myself all day, I got to go back to the world. Word. Okay, back to the world. That wasn't good. So, so okay, now, now this is what we're going to do. We're going to go back down for a second because this is going to discourage some people. And then we're going to come back up because we're going to get to the Bema seat here in just a minute. Man, I got like a thousand things to ask you. So we're going to have to do this again. But, okay, Romans chapter 1. God speaks about a people. Uh, when they've reached the place of just uh, sinfulness, they just insist on committing their sins, speaking mainly of sexual immorality, men with men, women with women, worshiping the creation, Mother Nature, rather than, uh, you know, you look at all the climate laws that are coming, doing those things rather than God who created these things. And God who created man and woman. And Romans chapter 1 says, when you've reached that place, where there's basically no hope. He says, I've given three times. I gave them over. I gave them over. And the last one is I gave them, uh, I will give them over to a reprobate mind. And then, uh, so it looks to me like America has been given over. And then he says this at the end of Romans chapter one. Um, he, he lists the characteristics of the people full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, gossipers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, so forth. Undiscerning is one of those characteristics, by the way. We live in an undiscerning world. Who, 
Knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death. Those who practice this immoral, sexually perverted things, who even worship the creation rather than God. That's interesting. That's, that's idol worship is really what it is. Those who practice such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also of those who practice them. Uh, or excuse me, um, also approve of those who practice them. So we have a society that Proves of, of hundreds, thousands of different genders or whatever it is, hundred different genders. We have a society that celebrates homosexuality. We have a society that is uh, full of um, deceit, wickedness, covetousness. I believe that Americans have been seduced by the good things that we have had. And everybody just wants to, let's just get along. You don't call sin, sin. That has happened within the church. Um, Mark, it was decades ago. You would know this better than me. You were involved in ministry before I was. Um, decades ago, churches would plant, decide to plant in the community. They would send out surveys to the community to not to invite them to the church. Well, they would do that, but the intent was, what do you want to hear? And then they would, uh, they would uh, uh, design their messages based on what the people want to hear. Uh, that's a fulfillment of 2 Timothy chapter 4, raising up uh, teachers to itch their ears. But that started happening. The church got away from teaching the Word of God. Even the church approves of abortion. The church approves of these things. Uh, we've been given over to debased mind. And I think that this story is, is just a, the, the poster that we have been given over, Biden appoints a, a transgender physician, Rachel Levine, as assistant health secretary. That's where we are. I'm thinking that's, it's like God saying, there you go. I've, you've been given over. I mean, I, I look at this and go, man, so what's this say for America, which we've already talked about? And you go, man. Well, you know, uh, I want you to know, I want you to know, friends, um, I love Pastor Tom. We love all of you. But as I've watched this unfold, now, I, I probably read more about history than the average American. I've studied, you know, how kingdoms come and how kingdoms go and God's sovereignty in relationship to that. But as I have watched over these last several years and over these last several months, when the election took place in November, on November 3rd and the way things went down there, and then Texas, the state of Texas, and 18 other states join in a lawsuit against uh, four states that they say stole the election uh, because of their uh, manipulation of the, of, of the rules of, uh, of, of the election. And the Supreme Court said, we will not hear it. When they said that, and I read that, my heart sank because, quite honestly, that's the end of the republic as you and I know it. Because the only way for states to deal with a problem is to go to the Supreme Court for them to hear it and to have a ruling. It's the only way you can dig out the information, look at it objectively. The only other option is a civil war. And so my heart literally sank. And I actually started apologizing to all of my friends who have served in the military, who are in the military. Um, because, you know, quite honestly, my family's made huge sacrifices so that you and I can have freedom uh, at Iwo Jima. Guadalcanal, D-Day, Vietnam. I mean, I just go on with the list. But my point simply is, is I realized that was the end of the republic when the Supreme Court will not 
function in that capacity to represent or to hear what other states have as a grievance to others. That's very dangerous. And then on uh, in January third uh, and fourth, when the Georgia election took place and the way that went down, I stayed up all night watching and praying. I literally have spent nights praying and fasting. And I realized that once that uh, once that verdict was given, um, I laid in bed at three o'clock in the morning. I said, Lord, you have just given America over to the hands of the sodomites. And I don't mean that as an attack. I'm just saying from God's um, and God's economy, he created Adam and Eve, male and female. And then he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And sin comes into the world in Genesis 3, and with that, all sorts of, of moral evils. And one of them is sex outside of God's design. And it doesn't take very long, Genesis chapter 19, we find a whole civilization, Sodom and Gomorrah. And they're living in, in a homosexual, perverted state, and they give hearty approval to those that do evil. And I'll give you the whole story, but you remember that when God's going to judge that that place, because God judges nations in real time and space, he judges those city-states, and he sends the angels in to get Lot and his family out. Listen, that's really important. God knows how to deliver his people out of a wicked situation. Second Peter chapter 3, if you haven't read that, you need to read that. It talks about Lot and how that's an example of God's judgment and how he knows how to remove his people. There you go. There's a rapture, by its way. It's foreshadowing of that. But it says this, that the men were beating at the door because they wanted to have sexual relationship with those angels that were inside. And those angels ended up blinding them. And then you remember, they're, they're yelling, they're beating at the door, and they say this, this alien lot has come in among us, and now he is acting as a judge over us, and they are irate. And I would suggest to you, as you see these days unfold, there's going to be greater and greater tension for those who say things like, God created them male and female. Uh, family is uh, a, a man and a woman. In fact, uh, quite honestly, just this last week, I was reading different levels of hate crime, and one of the Supreme Court justices made an inference that if you use the word even family now, that's a hate crime, or if you say that men can't have babies, that's a hate crime. So, friends, you and I, if you believe the Bible, we're going to suffer more for Jesus. It's okay. We obtain a better resurrection. Be strong like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God's with you. Yeah. Mark, that, that, was, that was fantastic. I was going to ask you a question about the border. I'm just going to throw this out there because we don't have time to discuss this. But um, I'm just going to throw it out there so uh, our, our viewers are aware. Um, this came from a friend who spoke with uh, one of his friends that's a Border Patrol agent. He says he told me they are officially changing their name. They will no longer be called Border Patrol. They, they will be called uh, border processors. They are helping those who want to come into the United States to process their paperwork to come in. No longer border patrol. Biden wants to legalize 11 million Ill illegal aliens, 10 million of them, uh, he says, I think live here in California. I don't know if that number's true on the 10 million. He might have been sarcastic at that point. But border processors, we're watching that. We're watching what's happened. You mentioned civil war, but our hope is in Christ. And, and I, I love just the, what you shared there. Uh, that was very um, introspective on what you shared about Lot and the direction things went um, and uh, how evil it was. 
He's a judge over us. They didn't like that. And I do believe that's only going to increase. And we also know it's going to increase because the Bible likens the events and the signs of the last days increasing like birth pains upon a pregnant woman. And we see this. Uh, But I got to get to just two more things. I was going to get into censorship. We don't have time for that. I knew we had too much going. I I need to do this again with you soon. But uh, uh, this one, uh, we're going to give some hope here at the end. I want to talk to you about the Bema seat. going to get there. But this question came to me. Um, I already answered it via email, but I, want, I think it's a question a lot of people have. This past week was, uh, Wednesday was uh, International Holocaust Remembrance Day. So in view of that, this question came, why is the world against the Jews being in the land of Israel? Why don't they want the Jews there? And now we see it with the Biden administration. This is only increasing again. Under Trump's administration, that was really quenched. But now the world's against, against the Jews being the land of Israel. Why is that? Well, before I answer that, let me just I say this. if you don't want to, but. <laughs> no, let me just say this. So there's five reasons as you read through the Bible that God destroys nations. Um, one of them is anti-Semitism going all the way back to Genesis chapter 12. And so America is is foolishly, recklessly telling God to get lost. We're going to do what we want to do. We want to join the world's view that, that, that Jews are evil. Um, but I think, I think the real answer, as I've reflected on that over the years, is, is really the best answer is found in, in uh, uh, Revelation 13, where it describes their um, Satan's contempt and hate for Israel. So you've only got two kingdoms. You got God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. That's it, friends. There's only two kingdoms, okay? And you're either in one or the other. We're born in the kingdom of darkness. We trust in Jesus. We're transferred to the kingdom of, of light. But when we're transferred to the kingdom of light, we see that God has a plan for Israel. He made a promise that uh, salvation would come through them. They were going to be the guardians of Scripture. And we know from the New Testament that after the time of the Gentiles, after the church age, that God's got a future plan for them. Satan has dis- tried to destroy him all the way from the beginning uh, from from Genesis chapter 12, because if he could destroy them, then Jesus can't come. If he can destroy them, eradicate the Jewish people, look at the days of the Exodus, for example. Uh, they were trying to eradicate the Jewish people. Why? Then we can stop the promise of God from happening. Now, likewise, if we can destroy uh, the Jews today, if we can drive them out of the land, if we can annihilate them, if we can eradicate them, whether it was Hitler in the past or uh, uh, you know, other, other times where the anti-Semitism has been great, if we can eradicate the Jews, then God can't keep his promise because God made a promise that he would bring Israel back and that Jesus would sit on the throne of his father, uh, of his father David, and uh, he would rule for a thousand years, Revelation 20. God's going to bring these things about, but Satan's going to do everything he can to destroy it, just like he tries to destroy the church. And Jesus says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, right? So it's, it's two kingdoms, and we're in the middle, and, uh, but don't worry, we're on the winning side. We're on God's Amen. side. Satan's going to throw everything at Israel, everything at the church. Read the book of Revelation. The two groups that are persecuted is ethnic Israel and those who believe in Jesus, whether Jew or Gentile. And that's it. So we're on that team. Yeah, you can, you, and you, but we also know we're the victors in the end. Yeah. And, and that's we, we can't forget that. It's going to seem, as we look at all of these different things, the things you mentioned about the days of Lot equating them today as so many other things, it seems like we are losing. But listen, Jesus told us 
He gave us the signs that it would seem like we are losing. But look up, your redemption draws near when you see these things. Jesus is coming back. And uh, uh, um, he's going to be calling us home. Uh, uh, first, I believe the rapture is going to come. I don't know the day or the hour. I'm not going to go that direction. Um, I, 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 and i got to get to the Bema seat. We are out of time, but I'm going to do this anyways. Real quick, 30-second answer on this or 10-second. Take your pick. We are on the brink of a terrible civil war, says one article, and many people are thinking that. You think so? You know, that could definitely happen. I, I don't want it to happen because I've been in countries where civil wars have happened, and I pray to God it doesn't happen. I pray that your children don't have to see it. But it's part of that whole agenda. How do you dismantle America, galvanize the two groups, um, remove the, the rule of law, like the Supreme Court not hearing Texas, um, friends, we are dangerously close. Jesus told us nations cannot stand when they're divided. And he goes on and says families cannot stand if they're divided. He says Satan's not divided. So um, it's dangerous. It's, yeah. We're really dangerous. Yeah. Uh, excellent answer. Thank you very much. Okay, ready? The rapture in the Bema seat. We're going to close with this. People need hope. Um, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I know there's different theories on the timing of the rapture, pre-wrath, mid post and some of the people that I know that believe those different theories on the timing are some of the smartest people I know in eschatology. We agree on pretty much everything except the timing of the rapture. And some of them are, are, are good friends. Some of them, Mark, you have met. And I've never mentioned to you before that they have a different view on that. But And we get along quite good, uh, especially if we don't talk about the timing of the rapture. So regardless, you already, you already mentioned we're going to go through. We can count on going through some suffering and persecution. We can count on it. We don't know the timing of the rapture. But Apart from the rapture, when believers are caught up to meet the Lord in the air, whatever day that happens, there's great hope. Tell all of our viewers about the, the Bema seat. And, 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 and let's close with that because it's very hopeful when we get the right perspective. Okay, this is, this is so important. Listen, when you and I honor Jesus today, it's not going to be popular. We're not going to get the praise of the world you're not, listen, if you honor Jesus today, and I said this to, I've been saying it to my friends for the last uh, six months, the last year. Listen, if you're going to stand up for Jesus, you're going to have family members hate you. Jesus said, we're going to have family members hate you. It's okay. Mark, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 10, for example, Mark chapter three, uh, families are going to hate us. Uh, moms, dads, uh, Psalms talks about, even if my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will stand with me. So these things are going to happen. Uh, and, and, and remember this, you and I receive a reward for obedience today. Today is the opportunity for you and I to receive the reward for sharing the gospel, living godly, loving your wife, being uh, great examples at work, uh, walking in integrity, um, uh, drawing near to the Lord, uh, serving in the church, giving. Part of the reason Jerry and I give sacrificially to our church is we are investing in God's people around the world. Why? Because we're obtaining for ourselves a better resurrection. Amen. And when the Bible describes that, it's at the beam of seat judgment of Christ. Now, this is so important. And if you haven't read it, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, for we must all stand before the beam of seat judgment of Christ. Paul's going to stand there. You're going to stand there. I'm going to stand there. And it's so that he might reward us for the things that we've done in this life. Now, this is different than salvation. Salvation is a gift that comes to us when we believe in Jesus as Lord. We trust him as our savior. He washes away our sins. We're the children of God. But God wants you to enter heaven 
with a stockpile of rewards and blessing. And how does that come? As you and I walk through this life with difficulty. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you got to read. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, you got to read. Those are the two main passages, other passages that refer to it. But listen, the moment you and I are raptured, and people are often saying, Mark, I want to talk about the rapture. And I say, that's great. It's going to happen. You don't have to worry about that. What you need to plan for is the BMC judgment that follows, because you're going to stand before Christ. We're going to give an account for all the things that we've done, every word, every deed, every action, everything we should have done and didn't do, those things that we squandered. And it talks about how Christ is the foundation, and a man builds upon his life. A woman builds upon her life with wood, hay, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stone. And it says Jesus will look at all of that and he's going to judge it and he's going to reward you for what you, uh, what you have done for his glory and his honor and his praise as you go into heaven. Friends, Jesus wants you to have a full reward. Tom wants you to have a full reward. I want you to have a full reward. You need to get after it for Jesus. We're going to stand up. We're going to honor him. We're going to pray for those who are in authority. We're going to do good. We're going to live righteously and godly wise. because we're going to obtain a full reward a better resurrection is how it's also described in the Bible uh, for the glory of God. And it's going to, it's just going to be awesome. Listen, God wants to bless you today. Do what is right and pleasing in his sight. It's not in vain. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. Uh, Mark, thank you for joining uh, me tonight. Hey, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you? You know, just uh, Google uh, Revive Church uh, Brooklyn Park and, uh, and they'll find me uh, here in the Twin Great. Cities. Fantastic. And if somebody forgets that, you can get a hold of me and I'll give the message over to Mark. We talk often. And uh, listen, also, I want to encourage you at thehopeforourtimes.com, my website. I'm going to start encouraging you every time you see me to go there. We're going to start posting all our videos there. We've been centered. We know it's coming. It's only going to increase. We're currently on Rumble. We're currently on YouTube and Facebook. But hopeforourtimes.com and uh, we're going to have everything there. And uh, we're going to be able to host the videos ourselves. And until next week, uh, listen, everyone, I'm sure that you enjoyed my time with Mark this evening. Uh, God bless. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.